The word go appears 1,542 times in the Bible, while the word stay 62 times. Is it possible for us to say God wants us doing a lot more going than he wants us to do staying? We believe neutral is not natural to God. He says, look, be hot or cold, but this in the middle, this play it safe, this keep it cool, that's not in God's vocabulary. Are you with me? And so as the church, it's our mission, it's our mindset, it's our mentality of we're a people on the move. We're going to take ground. We're going to advance this thing. We don't, you know, pay attention to things and, and make our calculations based on what we see. No, we, we, we base it on faith and what God has called us to do. Can I get an amen? You know, in the army, they call it, uh, when you're enlisted, they call it, they put you in the active duty. Why would they tell people in the army, those soldiers, why would they call them the active duty? Because they want them to have this mindset of, hey, you're enlisted and you're in this thing and it's time for you to have this mindset of activity, not passivity. We're, We're in activity mode. We're soldiers in this kingdom. And I know that's a lot of church speak, but I'm just here to get us to understand that though things may get darker, though things may look tougher, and we're all getting so concerned about the things we're seeing on the news and the, oh, this is going to happen in schools and this is going to happen over here. We get all this, but it shouldn't cause us to pause. It should cause us to advance. Can I get an amen? We go. We were born for such a time as this. This is where we take ground. This is when we shine our brightest in the darkest time. Well, you know, I'm going to go off Facebook because it's so dark and it's so bad. No, we're not going to let Facebook be even darker. If we all leave, it just gets darker. Why don't we just stand in and annoy them and be bright? And are you with me? Well, we should go over here and hide and go over here and hide. No, let's just keep going going into darkness, going into the gates of hell. Let's just keep going. Why? Because he already overcame. He already won. The Great Commission, we see the Great Commission. So it's boiled down to, okay, how are we called to live as Christians? What are we supposed to be doing? Uh, Well, we're, we're called to go. The scripture says this in Matthew chapter 28. We'll get to it in later weeks, but it says this. It says Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to these people and he's giving us our marching orders because we're part of the active army of God. He says, hey, here's your marching order. He says it like this. He says, all authority has been given to me. So he's going, all right, what am I going to do with all this authority? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all this authority and I'm going to commission something. You know, Jesus gives executive orders and those are the good kind. Can I get an amen? And so he signs one and he says, here's what it is. He says, go into all the earth. Go into all the world. Be a people who are active in moving and taking territory and advancing, not retreat. So he says, go. But then he says this, I'm with you. You're not just kicked out of the nest to just go figure it out on your own. He says, I'm using my authority. I'm giving you executive orders to go into all the world, not just churches, not just Bible studies, but into all the places. And he says, and I'm with you. So we go, we move, we advance, we don't retreat. And so that's what we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks. This series is going to lead us all the way up to Easter. Though things look crazy and they might turn out the way you want them to turn out and look like we're still a people who are going to be on the move. There is no safe places in the kingdom of God. Are you with me? There's no, we, we are a people who, who advance. And so uh, I'm grateful for what it looks like the next couple of weeks. I'm also grateful. I want to take a minute and acknowledge a couple of people. We've got Pastor Joe Bevilacqua, the pastor of New Chapel, and his wife, Kaya, there with us. Everybody give it up for them. We honor them in the house. Skipping church today is all they're doing. They're just skipping church and coming to this one. So good to have them. And Nate Marielke over here. Give it up, everybody give it up for Nate. I heard that his wife is away, so while his wife's away, he's skipping his church too, so they're on to something. Uh, cool thing that I get to announce while Nate's here, uh, we didn't plan it, but we just actually connected on the calendar. Nate's going to be here leading worship and preaching on May the 2nd, so don't miss Sunday, May 2nd. Nate's going to bring the heat for five services, and uh, he can do all that work. 
I'll keep it in two, but, uh, but we're a people that advance, and these are people who are advancers. I think about Nate Marielke, crazy, you know, he's leading worship. He's a part of Res Life Church. I was on staff with him 100 years ago because we're old now, bro. <laughs> Things hurt, you know, like I'm old now. And, uh, but we were on staff at Res Life together, and he was leading worship. He had a great, great thing. That could have been all he did, but no, he was crazy. He was a goer. He was an advancer. And so he's saying, hey, Josh, we should... We should go to Germany, and he's preaching in Germany in the Czech Republic, and he's doing all this work overseas also while leading you know, worship here. Why? Because he understood this mindset of we go. Yeah. So he asked me to come on one of these trips. I'm like, yeah, man, let's do that. And so we get to Germany, and the place that we stayed at this camp that we were at, no joke, it was just a shed, like a Menard shed <laughs> with two beds in there. That's where we stayed. And uh, I'm like, I don't want to go anymore. I want to go home. <laughs> Why do you got me here? Joe Bevilacqua's over here. He's such a goer. They closed down his church, all our churches in March, and uh, they closed it all down and, oh, no churches and safe distance and all these things. And uh, he did that for about two weeks. All of a sudden, it's April in Michigan. This crazy guy with a broken leg and a pregnant wife is preaching from the rooftop of his church in April in Michigan. And, uh, you know, I still haven't decided if that was faith-filled or just idiotic. I'm not. But why? Why is he a little bit of both these things? But why is he doing that? He's doing that because we're goers. We don't have time to wait. We, we, the, the scripture says that the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. What are the laborers? They're the goers. We got to go, friends. We got work to do. Let's stay after this thing. Uh, I love this uh, thought. We are people who advance. We don't retreat. We stand up, not stand down. We stand out, not blend in. We occupy all places, not shelter in place. Can I get an amen today? We take ground. We get after it. Uh, I love this thought by Mark Batterson. He says, I've given my opinion on a lot of things, but I've given my life to a few things. The latter seems to be making the bigger difference. We got something to say about this over here, something to post about this over here. If we could just be the people who laid down our lives and were goers and doers and taking ground people, we'd see a lot more effectiveness. I just wonder if God is as frustrated as I get with my kids. I wonder if he's as frustrated uh, with us. Here's what my kids do. I have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-and-a-half-year-old. And so we do this thing every time we have to go anywhere is it's like, everybody, go get your coat, go get your shoes. And of course, you know, these kids are such spoiled brats. You know, like when I grew up, I didn't even, I got to drink like one time a week. It's the only time my parents gave me beverage. Our kids need drinks everywhere. The drinks for bed, drinks for the car, all these different kinds of drinks. And so all these things you got to put together to go anywhere. My, my, my kids are on plexus and probiotics. and I, I mean, the high main, it's like, drives me crazy. I eat bologna, you know? I look fine. I'm fine, right? I feel fine. <laughs> so we got all these things we got to do. We got all this stuff we got to do. We get them all ready. We get them all. So they got their hat and their coats and their shoes, and we get them all ready because we're going. We got to go. So we get them all put together. And then we all of a sudden we come in the room. We, it's time to go. We got to go. And all of a sudden we come in the room. And all of a sudden the TV's on. This is out. The dog's in the tub. All these things are going. I'm like, what are you doing? We got to go. I've provided you everything you need. You have your hat, your coat, your gloves, your shoes. You're put together. Let's go. Why are we so distracted with all these other things? I wonder if heaven's doing the same thing. God's looking down being like, I sent you the Holy Spirit. I've overcome death, hell, and in the grave. You have everything you need. What are you doing wasting your time on all these stupid things? Well, but what about this? Oh my gosh, God's like, let's go, let's go. And I just wonder if it's the same. Every great Bible opportunity, you know this, every great Bible story starts with an impossibility. It starts with this thing that has to be overcome, this great big thing. And what I'm frustrated with is I see 
as things get darker, as things get more out of, out of order, as, as things get crazier, instead of advancing and overcoming impossibilities, we want to retreat. We want to pull in. We want to reserve. Oh, no, I don't know. We should do this. I mean, God calls us into the impossible odds. Can I get an amen? amen? Statistically, they say this is the first time in Americans' history that they believe that the future looks worse than the past. They don't have hope for the days ahead. Christians checked the same thing. They said about Christianity and their walk with God, they feel less hope about the future than they have what they've believed before. Do you know that the suicide hotline rate in 2020, it didn't see a 5% increase. It didn't see a 50% increase. It didn't see a 500% increase. It saw a 5,000% increase in calls to the suicide hotline. They've had more calls in one year than all of the other previous years combined. Why is that? It's because there's this weapon, there's this warfare going on. There's this wrestling that's taking place and our people need to hear the good news of the gospel. They don't need us drawing back and scaling into the four walls of the church. No, we need to, we need to advance and retreat and go as Jesus commissioned us to go because that's the hope of the world. Can I get an amen? Uh, they said statistically in Michigan, I, I got the report a few weeks ago, it's the first time uh, of mental health uh, stuff with the teenagers in, in Michigan schools. It's the first time that every single student in the high school uh, in Michigan checked on their mental health evaluation that they experienced some type of overwhelmingly overwhelming anxiety for the first time ever. Every student in the high school checked that. And, and many of us who went through 2020 are like, I'm with you. But what, is, what does this got to do with us as Christians? What it means is this, the harvest is plentiful and it's time for us to go. It's time for us to labor. It's not time for us to retreat. It's time for us to advance with the good news of the gospel. It's time for us to be the light and be the answer and be the hope. Can I get an amen? Uh, I've said this before here at the church. You know, we can't wake up and decide we're gonna be a hero. You can't just wake up and say, you know what, today's the day I'm gonna save somebody from a burning building. Today's the day I'm going to find that car crash and rip somebody from a burning car and save their life. You can't just decide and wake up to do that. But you can wake up every day spiritually and say, today is the day I'm going to save somebody spiritually. Today's the day I'm going to pray for somebody. Today's the day I'm going to lead somebody uh, in, in a listening conversation where I'm going to listen to them and care for them and nurture them and, and give grace to them. Are you with me? Yeah. If we could just wake up with this mindset of, you know, you may never be able to, you may never be a preacher, you may never be the worship leader, you never be the thing, but in your job place and wherever you may go, you can be a person who saves somebody spiritually. We got to have this mindset. Uh, I believe God wired you to be that way. Do you know that seven of the top 12 all-time box office movies? So of the top 12 highest grossing movies, seven of the 12 are all superhero movies. Which means the appetite of the world is there's for some reason we're drawn to the hero story. Yeah. We're drawn to the overcoming impossible odds to the better good of the world, right? You understand what I'm talking about? Why do you think it's that way? It's because God wired you to be a part of that kind of story. Yeah. God created you with this appetite and this desire to be a person who faces impossible odds and overcomes it unto his glory. Can I get an amen? Yeah. But we got to see ourselves as people who, who take ground in advance. We're not people who sit back. Neutral is not natural to God. We know the parable, I'll save time, uh, but the parable of the stewards, the talents. And so the master gives all these different level of talents and they're called to go do things with it. And the scripture says the guy who did nothing with what he was given was called a wicked and lazy servant. 
What was it? It was a person who decided he wasn't going to go. He was just going to sit. He was just going to stay safe. He was just going to play it cool. And the master says, that, that, I can't get with that. I would rather you risk it, but just don't sit on it. Can I get an amen? He sat on an opportunity to do something. He sat on an opportunity to advance, to increase, to take ground, to raise his influence. He just played it safe. And the master's saying, that's not how we roll. We need to understand in our mind, God is in our hearts. God is calling us to take ground in advance and move forward in our grace, our love, our compassion, our serving toward one another. Can I get an amen? Amen. Ephesians 5.15 says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Scripture puts these two things together. Because the days are evil, because the dark is getting darker, that should enact in you the understanding that we take advantage of every opportunity. Oh, no, no, days are getting evil. Things are getting darker. We back off. No, we do more. It says, be very careful how you live. Don't be unwise, but every opportunity, as things are dark, you go after it. It says, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. One translation says it like this. We're called to redeem the times because the days are evil. doesn't say the pastor's going to do it. doesn't even say the Lord's going to do it. It says, we're called to redeem these times. We're called to be a part of this restoration work that God has on our earth. I love the definition of redeem. It means to compensate for the faults or bad aspects of something. How many believe it's time for Christians to compensate for the, the faults of things in this world? Amen. It says to gain or regain the possession of something. It's time that Christians step up and gain and regain the possession of this earth that God called us to walk on. Are you with me today? We are to redeem the time because the days are evil. Last month, we had just a great month of this church and God's hand was so on it, such a sovereign way. Many of you fasted and are actually still fasting. Uh, it's the first time ever as a church that a fast got extended. I'm like, you guys feel okay? You got Rono? Why are we extended? <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and it's just such a beautiful time. And so as much as I appreciate that, and so many of you came up to us, oh, pastor, this, these sermons have been so good, and this worship has hit it, and that's what we need to hear. And you're telling it, it's been so good, and you just feel the presence of God, and it's been so great. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so what are we going to do with that? If all we do is pat each other on the back, so good, that's what needs to be said. Uh Uh-huh, amen, amen, that's good, that's good. But if it doesn't motivate us to actually go do anything, then what a waste of time. What a waste of God coming down and and putting his hand on us if it doesn't motivate us to go serve and to sign up and to roll up our sleeves and take ground with it. Can I get an amen? The devil does not care at all if we come in here and just have a good time. But if we go out there and start giving him a bad time, that's when things matter. Are you with me? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 in the message version says this, don't waste your time on useless work. It says mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness, expose these things for the sham that they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things that they must do in darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off the frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep, climb out of your coffins, Christ will show you the light. So watch your step, use your head, here it is again, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. What do we do in desperate times? We make the most of every chance we get. We don't play it safe, we don't scale back, we don't look for what's comfortable. We advance and we take ground because God has given us, as we just worshiped, all authority. Are you with me today? Christine Kane says this, 
My concern is that our generation will miss their destiny because they're too busy scrolling through everyone else's. Busy, busy with a whole bunch of what that scripture just said. Useless, vain work. Just looking at stuff, paying attention to stuff, staying entertained about stuff that doesn't matter. Just, just rip the, what, rip, rip, what does it say? I forgot. I don't know my own sermon. Rip the cover off those frauds. Rip the cover off this stuff. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin, which so easily ensnares us. Why? And let us run with the endurance of the race that Christ set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What does it say? It says, you have a great cloud of witnesses up in heaven cheering for you to sit neutral. No, there's a great cloud of witnesses up in heaven cheering you on that you run your race, that you take ground, that you advance, that you don't get all caught up in the heaviness of stupid things. How many know runners, they don't put on a whole bunch of weight when they go run. They they, they overpay for all this super thin Nike wear, right? And they go out, they want to be as light as possible. That's what it's saying. It's saying you're, you're called in the kingdom to be a runner, an advancer. So don't put on all the silly things that weigh you down. Because heaven is up. This great cloud of witnesses is up in heaven being like, yeah, run, go, take ground. We can do this. Are you with me? So we're advancers. Heaven is watching us, expecting us to run. We have this terribly unsafe statement uh, that comes uh, to those that race dirt bikes. And so when we're racing dirt bikes, there's this saying that you remember because it actually works. Whenever you are going over bumps or jumps or you're in spots where your dirt bike starts to get out of control, Uh, There's this saying that you use because it works, and it's this, when in doubt, throttle out, which means give it more gas. So when things start to get bumpy, the way that you pull your bike back into balance and into a straight line is you actually give it more power because the horsepower then straightens the thing back up. I'm here to just say over every Christian and over this church that our philosophy is whenever we're in doubt, we're going to throttle out. Can I get an amen? Whenever things get bumpy and things get crazy, all we're going to do is just give it a little bit more gas. We're going to straighten that thing back up. Again, as I said, there is no safe spaces in the kingdom. People always say, well, I'd love to go after God. I would love to pursue him and all that he has for me. I would love to just advance and take ground and go. But but I just need God to show me. I just need God to show me. If he would just show me a sign, if he would just give me a word, if he would just do a thing. You know, that kind of talk actually got on the nerve of Jesus. Matthew chapter 16 says this. It says, one day some of the Pharisees and those of the Jewish sect, known as the Sadducees, approached Jesus, insisting that he prove to them that he was Messiah. Show us a supernatural sign from heaven, they demanded. Jesus answered, you can read the signs of the weather, for you say, red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky in the morning, sailors take warning. You're so adept at forecasting the weather by looking at the sky, but you're absolutely clueless in reading the obvious signs of the times. A wicked and wayward generation always asks for a sign, but the only sign I provide for you will be the sign of Jonah the prophet, then he turned away from them. They're coming to him, show me a sign. Will you just give me a clue? Will you just do a thing? He's saying, we spend all this other time predicting this and figuring out that and doing that, but you can't open your eyes and understand that we're in a time where it's time to go. Discern the times, and the time is not for us to retreat and scale back and close things up and hold back. It's time for us to advance. 
when the suicide hotline rate is at a 5,000 times higher level, when every high school student is saying, I'm at a point where I can't handle this, it's time for us to advance. Let's discern the times. Can I get an amen? Well, I need a sign. Well, I need a sign. Well, I need a sign. We don't, we don't always understand how God is working, but we need to understand the God that we're serving. Uh, Benny Leapshire was actually just saying this a couple weeks ago. And I thought it was so funny. Uh, he was talking about how, I'll close with this, uh, is uh, he was talking about how he was working in his yard and he had to dig up this pipe in the ground. And so the end of the pipe had an issue. And so his wife went away for the day and he said, oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fix the end of that pipe. Well, as he dug up the end of the pipe, he then began to realize that like the whole pipe was bad, like all the way back. So he ends up in that day basically tearing up his entire yard. <laughs> And so his wife comes home and sees that the whole yard is entirely destroyed. And she comes out to him, and you can totally picture this, those of you that are married. She comes out to him and says, so what's the plan here? <laughs> because he just destroyed her yard, and, or the whole entire yard. And I think many of us are the same way with God. Basically what his wife was saying is, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> what did you do? What are you doing she nicely said, what's the plan here? My wife uh, is making me do teeth whiteners. And so she got this box, and I got to put them on, and I scare the children when I come out of the bathroom. Like, hurry, kids. And she's like, hey, do they look good, by the way? I, said, I think I have seven days left. But I, I told her the other day, I said, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm whitening them. Can't you tell? And, and I said, I left the box out on the counter. I left the box out on the counter so that I can remember. She said, yeah, I noticed that, which is another one of those ways of being like, I don't like that you left the box out on the counter. But that's Banning's wife here and uh, saying, oh. so anyway, we do the same thing to God. We see how he's working and, and, and we, uh, uh, God, what's, what's the plan here? I can't see it. I can't figure it out. So we're waiting for a sign. God, would you give me a sign? Would you do a thing? Would you? And so we go, what's the plan here? None of this makes sense to me, which just like Banning's wife, we're doing the same thing to God. We go, what the heck is going on here right now? I see the things that are trying to creep into our school. I see the things that are trying to get pushed on our children. I see the things that are trying to, what, what's going on here, God? What I love about this scripture, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, we're going to talk about it in upcoming weeks. But it says this, this is what we always have to remember in our advancing and in our going. We have to remember this, even when we can't see it, we remember this. For though my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways or your ways are my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts higher than yours. What's the plan here, God? And he's like, don't worry, it's better. I see more. I have a better perspective. I'm the author and the finisher, as we realized before. I don't get it in the middle, but I know that God works all things together for good. He's the beginning and the end. Are you with me? Amen. So we just got to go, okay, God, you, you're seeing it better than me, and I trust that. Therefore, I'm not going to wait for me to understand it. I'm just going to keep going. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We got ground to take. We got places to advance. Proverbs 3, 5 says this, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. His ways are higher. It says, don't assume that you know it all. And then it says, run to God, run from evil. It's another advancing term, run to God. Everywhere you go, it says, everywhere you go, because we're called to be going, going, advancing, taking ground. 
So it says, run to God, run from evil. So trust this from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how it's, but we keep going anyway. We keep going with God. We keep advancing. Are you with me? Anytime we try to play it safe and hold it close, it doesn't work out. You think of the children of Israel. God's sending supernatural food from heaven, this manna. And they're like, hey, it's probably a good idea if we hold that close, just in case he doesn't do it tomorrow. And how many know it all went bad? Because they were trying to turn off their dependency on God. No, we advance, we advance, we trust, we go, we go, we go. Are you with me? Even in the waiting. Well, God's got me waiting. I'm waiting. You're in a waiting season. We believe in waiting seasons. But even in the waiting, it's a hopeful expectation of how God is advancing and moving. Are you with me? So we stay, we stay, we don't hold back. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for your word and your way. God, I'm so grateful that you're moving us. You're advancing us. You haven't forgot about us. You haven't neglected us. You're, you're not sheltering in place. You're advancing us. You're moving us forward to all that you have for us. God, we trust that your ways are higher and better. And Lord, you are the author and the finisher. You've taken us this far. You won't leave us back. We give you thanks for all that you're doing and you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.